I mean, uh, you've got to find your inner power. A lot of times things just happen for a reason. We don't know why God wants it that way, but you can't make the best out of it until you get back your inner power. You might be the luckiest man alive and not even know it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. You're listening to episode 168. In this episode, we're going to be discussing a college football hero, uh, Mike Leach and his passing. And we'll also be discussing some Texas Tech hoops to catch all we're doing here at Tailgate Talks. You got to follow us. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the Tailgate. And as always, if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with the review. We always appreciate those. You can also follow our social media accounts. We're on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. Um, But we are also on Instagram and Facebook, so follow us there. Also, give our YouTube channel a follow. We've been posting our top fives that we did from last week, so you can go catch those uh, little clips of top five wins of the season, top five offensive plays, defensive plays, all that stuff posted, as well as a little video on Elijah Fisher. Uh, We'll be posting some more clips from this week's episode. Uh, so give that YouTube channel a follow. And lastly, you have anything to add to the tailgate, any comments, questions, or anything else, email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. My favorite weather pattern happens to be uh, when it rains mud. Dust comes through, rain on top of it, it rains mud. This weather report here, what do I know? I'm a football coach. (laughs) I suggest you go out and do what I do, get out of bed, go outside, then you know. Well, Dustin, it has been a tough week uh, for college football fans, Texas Tech fans, Washington State fans, Mississippi State fans, uh, all across the nation as Mike Leach, former coach at Texas Tech, passed away uh, suddenly. Um, He passed away Monday night. The reports came out Tuesday morning, but it was really Sunday when the news broke that he had some uh, complications. Uh, We weren't really sure what the issue was, but some reports kind of came out later saying he had a heart attack and was uh, just kind of clinging to life and uh, uh, eventually uh, passed away. And what is a uh, a really sad turn of events for a coach that is beloved in, in college football, beloved by fans all over the country, including here in Lubbock, Texas. So, Dustin, just kind of, um, you know, we're just going to take this moment to kind of reflect on the life and career of Mike Leach and just kind of uh, remember him and share some memories and and have a good time talking about uh, one of our favorite coaches of all time here at Lubbock. So I'll kick it over to you to kind of lead things off. Yeah, I was lucky enough to get to go to school at Tech as an undergrad during really his peak. I was here in 06, and of course he left in 09, so I got to witness all those magical couple years in there, 2007, 8, and 9. You know, that was really special. Um, but, I mean, what a character. <laughs> what a straight shooter and, and guy like every coach and player that's posted – said all that too it's funny hearing the stories that have come out about him Uh, but I mean even on his good teams or his better teams um, he never let those guys get away with little stupid stuff you know like he would call them out and didn't let 
his players do whatever and he'd call them idiots and yeah. remember one time like one of the favorite one-liners he called Washington say he said our offense is constipated <laughs> so yeah. like um but like it just staying on the tech side of things uh I mean he was at tech for 10 seasons looks like I'm looking at his record here never had a losing record yeah in a season 84 and 43 so pretty much one two-thirds of his games and especially since since then, you know, we've kind of had a yeah. curse for him. I guess that's even going to loom even harder. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but there's been kind of a curse. I mean, we've had lots of losing seasons since then. He never had one. He was ranked in half of those seasons also. So, I mean, he, he put Texas Tech football, like, especially in this new modern era on the map, I feel like. Um, and, of course, you can't say his name without mentioning the air raid offense. And you can't even say Texas tech without mentioning air raid. I mean, any coach that's even associated with him that we've had before that has some inkling of it, they just automatically throw air raid on it. And it's honestly a compliment to what right. he, he did for the sport as an offensive genius. I mean, that's the way to put it. He was well ahead of his time in this, air raid passing offense when everybody else was still smash mouth type football he was like you know what i'm gonna take all these little two and three star white kids out of texas because i can't get four and five stars and just spread them out and get the biggest lineman i can find i don't care if they can block we'll teach them <laughs> and have a guy like graham harrell just throw the ball everywhere and cliff and sunny Cumbie like he did great things for that so I'll uh, end my rant there. We'll circle back to some things, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I tweeted it out from the account, but Mike Leach is truly one of one. And you can say that yeah. about like, <laughs> you can't really say that about anybody in coaching because in the coaching profession, it's such like a bottled up career, right? Where everybody speak. is coach speak and straight down the path and doesn't dare to be different. And he was just unapologetically himself all the way throughout his whole career. The way he went about his route to becoming a yeah. head coach, just all of it is unconventional, but that's what made him so special. Uh, his ability to just go down a rabbit hole in any conversation, <laughs> uh, the story that Lincoln Riley dropped today that he, or today or yesterday where he was on the phone with somebody for an hour and then he asks him, who was oh, that? And he was like, guy. oh, we wrong. Uh, he had the wrong number. And that's just kind of the guy. <laughs> it's just like all these stories that you're seeing. And like it, it, it's sad, but it's it's really like lifts your spirits just to see so many people posting random videos, random stories of the person that he was. And, you know, we were lucky enough to have him here in Lubbock. You know, I, I can yeah. pretty much credit a lot of my Texas Tech fandom to growing yeah. up watching Mike Leach football teams because totally. you know the 20 the tw 2000 years were when I was like really growing up and starting to understand sports and understanding football and my family you know we were at the Jones every Saturday we traveled across Big 12 country to go watch the, his teams play because they were exciting and they were fun and like you said we've been struggling ever since he left just to feel just to feel that again you know that ability hey any game didn't matter if it was Oklahoma, Texas, whoever we were playing, we had a chance with Leach. Didn't matter if we were down 38 to 7, we had a chance with Leach. Right. And you just can't say that about a lot of coaches. And 
So, you know, I'm obviously grateful for all of the memories and all of the, the fun that he and his teams provided uh, at the Jones and for me and for my family. And so it's just, it's sad, man. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't yeah. feel, no. it doesn't feel real. It feels like next season, I'm still going to be expecting to see a funny clip of Mike Leach folding up chairs on the sideline or, yeah, that was the most recent one. I was going to get into some stories. It's the most recent one. If you didn't see it, it was on, I don't know, some random SEC Mississippi State game, and he was pissed that his offense is kind of struggling, and he went to the sideline and told everybody to get up, and he wasn't talking to anybody, wasn't watching the game. He kind of quietly folded every chair and laid it down, folded the next chair and laid it down. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was like – the most Mike Leach things and every time and, and there's just no coach like that. There never will be again to have a coach like that, uh, especially at yeah. that level. And so, you know, we're all hurting um, with his loss. Um, yeah. Just thinking back on, you know, some of my favorite wins, you know, obviously 2008 over Texas right up there. Um, beating Texas the first time with him in 2001, uh, beating Chris Sims and that Texas team right up there. Uh, Dustin, you have any favorite games that specifically, maybe some random ones that uh, that that really stick out to you that you've been we, thinking of? We traded blows with Oklahoma for a few years there. I mean, that's not easy to say. Um, that was always nice. I mean, Texas, that win in 08 was amazing. I mean, I, I never missed a game while I was a student, so I got to see every one of his yeah. games here. Yeah. Uh, I think just like story-wise, my two favorite stories, one of them's kind of quick. He wasn't even here yet. He was the OC at Oklahoma. Right. The... For, for this story, um, if you didn't know that, he was Oklahoma's offense trainer. That's why he got the job here is because he was offense up there. But during the Red River shootout game against Texas, he left a fake script out before the game. And wanted to see what Texas would do with it. <laughs> they snagged it and kept it and thought that's the place they were running. And Oklahoma jumped out on Texas ass so quick. <laughs> and he, you just see him, Price, grinning and laughing about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just, he's just like, yeah, let's try it. <laughs> just, yeah, the unconventional type of thinking, unconventional in the way, you know, a lot of people oh, talking yeah. about the story of, Linwood, uh, you know, the kicker. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't even remember his name. Matt Williams, I think it actually yep. was his name. Matt uh, when he you know, comes out, kick for rent, drills during the 2008. Goal. Yeah, right? our best year. <laughs> yeah, we the only thing we sucked at on that team was we didn't have a good field goal kicker, and we got our field goal kicker from the kick for rent thing. Finding yeah. guys like Wes Welker, who was severely under recruited and who ends up being one of the greatest like college football players ever at tech you know and you could argue like leach made the small white slot guy oh yeah and that's why the nfl took off with it (laughs) yeah because wes welker danny danny amandola um so yeah you know found those guys eric morris had a really successful college career here eric morris the you know and you talk about the coaching tree and all the people that throughout this game now that have been affected by his coaching and that you know that's the thing about that a college football is you can't tell the story without Mike Leach. He completely changed yeah. offenses and his offenses will continue to evolve, you know, throughout the rest of college football because 
he is coaching trees already growing and growing and growing. And those guys trees are going to start growing. And it's all started from Leach who dared to be different, who dared to let's throw the ball. And that's what made it so fun is Texas tech. That was our thing. That was, we were, the, that was our thing. We threw the ball. We we're going to throw it 50 yeah. times. We're yeah, gonna... I think like Kitley's already this in a second group of right. like these yeah. guys, you know, from, you know, you could say cliffs on their first little main branch. And then, <laughs> and then, yeah, you got Kitley under there. Boom, like, you're already getting into like second and third branches of the leech tree. Yeah. It's crazy. And you know, that, that was the cool thing. And, and tech fans obviously like never stopped rooting for leech. You know, we right. all kind of rooted for Washington state when he was there. We've all kind of rooted for Mississippi state, except for one game when he played us in a bowl. And you know, it is kind of bizarre that his last bowl game ends up being, you know, coaching against Texas tech. Um, so just, and then not to mention, like, I'm just scrolling through stuff and his infatuation with pirates Yeah, that kind of also took over the tech fan base. I tried to find um, whatever shirt I could that had like some sort of pirates on it. And so I found this Dan Levitard show with, right. with the pirate themed, but Levitard show also loved Mike Leach a lot. So, you know, kind now of you've, now you've seen like tech's going to wear a little pirate yeah. flag symbol on the back of their helmets. You know, their school is probably going to do some stuff. I'm sure Washington Satan, especially Mississippi State, will do some stuff. But the fact that he was just so infatuated with anything pirate, yeah. reading about it, and had statues and ships in his office. <laughs> had our band playing Pirates of the Caribbean theme music yep. during halftime. People showing up in pirate outfits and bringing yeah. flags and stuff. Yeah, and then of course, swing your sword. The the book that he yeah. wrote, and then the you know the famous speech he gives on. Uh, Friday Night Lights and his little cameo there. Um, yeah, some... I had to send that to my mom. She was asking, like, what's that stuff you mean and whatnot? And I was like, well. So, yeah, he's crazy dude, genius dude. And, yeah, it's kind of still surreal, like you said. Yeah, it it won't set in for a while. Um, it's one of those things that, that, that takes a minute. Um, it's not like I knew him personally, but he, it's a guy who – had a big effect on your life through <laughs> through yeah. those coaching uh, moments and coaching those games sure. and providing those moments for me, my family, friends, and all of that stuff. So, yeah, it 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 was terrible news to hear. We obviously feel and are praying for his family, his loved ones, and all of those that you know knew Leach and his friends and former players, and yeah. of course Mississippi State, that university, as they go through this. And um, their bowl game, I think, is actually in Tampa Bay. And at the stadium with the pirate ship, which is kind of cool, which they were like, really? we act, awesome. they, I think they, somebody said, Mike Leach would be so pissed if we weren't playing in our bowl game because we're actually playing at a stadium with an actual pirate ship. So, uh, yeah. And there's one famous clip of some reporter asking him about his obituary. He goes, I don't know. That's not my problem. I'll be dead. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's whoever's writing its problem. <laughs> so. Yeah. So we hope uh, you enjoyed some of the sounders we threw into this episode. Some some of my favorite things, some of my favorite little clips that I've heard from this time, including like his calling the weather uh, for Lubbock. Uh, the don't, don't put my favorite one. It's very not safe for work. The no. Baylor no, locker yeah, we, room. We, yeah, we keep that one, but we'll we'll throw. If you in... haven't looked, look up the 2009 Baylor locker room, Mike Leach. And he tears these guys a new one for how they're playing. 
It's amazing. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. But, um, but to carry us out on Mike Leach and our thoughts on him, I'm going to throw in a funny interview that he had where he was talking about all the mascots in the Pac-12 and yes. who would win in a fight. And so, well, do they have a sword or a bow and arrow? <laughs> and so, just uh, enjoy this, you know, a minute and 20 of Mike Leach talking about mascots and who would win. First of all, what kind of mythical powers does a sun devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the wildcat's out. Uh, the Trojan, is he, does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? Uh, the Bruin, definitely formidable. Um, uh, another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down. Um, unless we're going to go with the bird and somebody might get pecked or something. I don't know. And then um, the duck. The duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, the husky, no chance. Uh, the beaver, well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the, uh, the ute, again, we're back to... Uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that youth's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. And then, um, and, uh, and you know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. Um, just as far as a beast alone... Uh, a buffalo is going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu a buffalo is utterly outstanding. Well, but Butch, Butch is going to have to be clear-minded and crafty. I mean, Butch will, Butch will find a way. There's no question. The Kugel will find a way. Uh, clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and and uh, <clears throat> and attack when you get your, uh, your chance. All right. Well, uh, we enjoyed reflecting on uh, Mike Leach, and we'll – Still cherish those memories um, uh, as uh, we move along um, and, and we'll be, you know, thinking of him and his family continued. But there is some a little football news that kind of just want to sprinkle in here before we get into basketball. Uh, Dustin, we've had a flurry of names hit the transfer portal, most yeah. notably Reggie Pearson. Who also, I'll update you here. I don't know if you've seen this. Or his first offer from Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring it back that. around. Um, but he enters the portal. I think that came as a little bit of a shock to everybody, as he's been a very big part of your defense for the last couple yeah. years. Um, and then a flurry of offensive linemen: Michael Shanahan, Larry Moore, Ethan Card. There's other people who have already entered the portal too that didn't really play much for you. But uh, these were a lot of the offensive linemen that you brought in last year that are entering the portal and. Of course, the portal is is different nowadays. Just because you're in the portal doesn't mean you're leaving. Um, you can always come back, but it is something to monitor um, and, and see kind of where these guys go. So you're losing some depth, but ultimately, yeah. really, Reggie Pearson, the big the big name there, uh, leaving. So any thoughts you have on that? Hey, I mean, having O linemen, D linemen, and D backs go to the portal is like. Honestly, probably some of the most critical positions, especially ones that you're kind of weak at. So right. It hurts a little right. bit. 
especially guys like Shanahan that we were pretty high on coming and getting here last year. Like that's pretty disappointing. I saw Bleedies going to the portal also, D lineman. Yeah. There. I mean, overall though, our list is still pretty small compared to a lot of schools. So don't get don't get crazy on it. Like I think we're keeping a lot more kids than we're losing. Like some other schools have yeah. other problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you also got a good uh, recruiting class building. And Joey today said they've got some guys lined up that they're expecting commitments. You got a commitment from a San Diego State defensive back today. Yeah. So um, I think you got to think of our head coach, major right. recruiter. He's never not recruiting. Yeah. So, so he said none of this came as a surprise. So once we have like more official people that have uh, committed to tech, we'll kind of do a run th- rundown of who's committed to us, not yeah. just kind of one name by one name, but kind of a big bulk thing when talk about it. But that'll do it for our Texas Tech football talk this week. We had some breaking news today on the basketball court, so let's Yikes. discuss that. Welp, if you were paying attention to Twitter today, you probably saw this news, uh, but it kind of came as a surprise to a lot of us. A few people were kind of in the know, I guess, and kind of had a hunch that this might have happened. But uh, Fardaz Amac, the Utah Valley transfer, the big time transfer that we got this offseason, has announced that he is entering the transfer portal and intends to transfer. Uh, He would be eligible to play wherever he goes so he can transfer to another team and play immediately is what I've seen. Um, But this kind of came at a time that not a lot of tech fans are enjoying the basketball that they're watching. So Dustin, just kind of take us through uh, your thoughts on Fardaz Amac entering the portal. Um, It really sucks just because we never got to see him in action at all. And he was so highly talented, like wanted. Like he was the number one big man transfer in the portal last year, last summer, and we got him. And we have such a good track record with big man transfers. And then he breaks his foot, and we never get to see him. And it's like he gets out of his cast, and then he's like, "Poof, I'm out of here." So it's pretty disappointing. Yeah. That also, like we, I mean, it's kind of just tangent, but like wasted a roster spot for that and now like we were relying on another big man and yep. now we're kind of screwed there yeah this was a yeah. huge blow and i've seen a couple people that just were like oh we're really gonna you know lose it over losing a guy who transferred out and hasn't played a single minute for us uh yeah this Part is of the problem yeah this <laughs> is this isn't something to just brush aside this is a player that was our big target this off season. And you built your roster ex- around expecting to have him playing because Daniel Bacho is your only big now. And Daniel Bacho is currently out with a ankle sprain that we right. don't know how bad it is, but no offense to Robert Jennings. Yeah. But Daniel Bacho is only a true big man. Because only, of this. Yeah. Only true big man. And we've seen it so far this season when he's playing, he is tired because he is getting Joke. so much run. And there's nobody to really spell him when he's off the court. And you're not even into Big 12 conference play where you actually have really good big men. And he's going to be going up against those guys every single night. And now you don't have anybody to rely on. He was that piece that you're 
while yeah. we've been a little disappointing this season, he was that piece that people were like, hey, once we get Fardos back, we'll we'll be a better team, right? Um, I know, was one of those people. Yeah, it was like that was a little sprinkle of hope, knowing like, hey, once he comes back, uh, you're adding a guy who was a double-double machine, going to change the offense. Uh, yeah. All of that stuff is coming to the table, and now it's not. Now you are who you are right now. Is This is your team. And yeah. on top of that, you're not playing good basketball. And guys <laughs> that you were counting on, Kerwin Walton, Damarian Williams, can't play. Eric uh, Elijah Fisher is playing three minutes a game. Um, and so really just kind of leaves you looking bleak here. And so I saw yeah. a pup- couple of people just kind of laughing off the concerns that Tech fans are having. And, of course, in moments like this, Dustin, you always have, like, the extreme – everything's terrible. We're going to lose a lot. What's wrong with coach Adams. And then you have the people who are trying to act like they're better fans than you. Like I have all the confidence in the world in coach Adams and all this stuff. And I just, you can have both opinions at the same time. How I feel (laughs) you can be confident in coach Adams, but I don't know how you cannot be concerned right now. I am. When you were missing what was going to be a potential starter. Yeah. In your lineup. And you were hoping to be a top 25 team. Yep. That's a huge blow. And maybe our expectations were a little too high with such a young roster. Um, right. And then, of course, once the news of, of Fardaz, you know, breaking his foot came, maybe we should have lowered them a little bit. But, yeah, I think it's perfectly fine to be concerned right now after this news comes today. And so um, with that, we go into last night's game, which was another – dud from you and another reason you should be concerned because you could only beat washington uh eastern washington 77 to 70 in what was a close game uh, all the way throughout had you trailing for most of the first half um and had them kind of you know have you on the ropes again for the second straight game against a shitty team um of course no daniel bacho in this one uh, but some stats for the game. Kevin O'Banner led you with 25 points, 10 rebounds. Pop Thank Isaacs God. had 15 points, some huge threes again down the stretch for you. Uh, Harmon had 19 points uh, and six steals. Uh, Williams and Walton combined for one total minute of play. So uh, must have been happy about that. Yeah, must have been listening to us on that front, but didn't listen to us on the Fisher minutes as he improved his minutes from two minutes to one or to three minutes. So he got a whole other 60 seconds of playing time. He scored two points though. He scored two points. Uh, So Dustin, just kind of your thoughts on what was another uh, frustrating game to watch by this Texas tech red Raider team. Yeah. You've had three straight games now against inferior opponents that you've it's, they've made it a game or you've made it a game. How are you going to look at it? It's not been a blowout coasting type game like these three games should have. So it's very concerning. Um, I don't even know where to start with these guys. Like we knew that coming in that game is Eastern. We played them last year. They just run and gun and shoot threes all the yeah, time. They're jacking them up. They're good at it. Yeah. And so great. Well, we should have been prepared for it and we were, but they're still just that good at it. It's some defensive struggles, but man, our offense still just kills me. I mean, I love that Davion 
Armin got 19 points, but you know how hard those 19 points yeah. are he works for? And half the time it's because of him, because he dribbles around and does nothing, and then he has to jack something up halfway in the lane to get get some buckets in. And so like I feel like it's not still not very efficient. He is your best perimeter defender. That's why he has six steals. So he's not going to lack in minutes because of his, you know, offensive dribbling, I guess you could say. But, I mean, you were also, what, first half was like 11% from three. You couldn't make one. And it's like we're watching Eastern Washington just drain yeah. on us. And we can't hit anything. I mean, O'Banner had a few air balls. Yeah, like three air balls in, in the first half. And... Yeah, I mean, Fisher only had three minutes in one basket. The other two guys, like you said, pretty much nothing. KJ Allen filled in the kind of filling minutes for Bacho. I mean, you had to go small lineup. Luckily, Eastern was small as well, so that's good. But what is that going to do coming forward without Bacho? I mean, I don't know. There was a long time in that game, second half, I was like, we're – we're not playing winning basketball Mm-mm. and like things just aren't going our way. We, we weren't playing good basketball. And I was like, they're going to win this game. Like it felt like you can't keep doing this and get away with it kind of thing. Yeah. Like I'm not looking forward to the rest of the non-conference schedule because like, if you just play like that, you're going to slip up and some team's going to yeah, hit the right amount of threes and beat you. Like you're, yeah, you're not playing winning basketball. That's why I tweeted out last night. You played a game and you won. Like that was it. There's nothing to yeah, take. Yeah, never bothered for winning, but man, you gotta do way better to not lose. Yeah, and you're doing this against the easier opponents that you're gonna face the rest of the way. Like once you get to Big Twelve Conference, you can't play like this, or you're gonna get ran out of buildings, and you get ran out of your own building. It's just, uh, it's pretty pathetic offense. You know, I, I, I don't know where to put the blame. I think like, I think like, uh, yeah, obviously there's no change. Like Barrett Peary came in, was supposed to be this offensive guru that was supposed to change. Nothing happened. Steve Green comes in, this offensive guru had of lots and lots of offensive success. Nothing's changed. Like either Mark Adams needs to take a step off the offense and just leave it yeah. completely alone, or or I don't know because it's a slog on offense. Every time down the court, it's it's you're you're never confident that you're actually going to be able to score. It's just like what are we're waiting to turn the ball over. Everybody's scared to shoot except for Pop Isaacs, who actually. That's, I was about to go there. We have one person that's not scared to shoot, and that's Pop. He never hesitates, whether that's driving the basket or a three pointer. Yeah, Doesn't matter how much time's on the play clock. He's he's putting it up, and usually he makes it. Yeah, that's the great thing. If he's aggressive, doesn't hesitate, and he makes it a lot. Yeah, everybody on our team shoots hoping to make the shot. Pop Isaac shoots knowing that he's going to make the shot. <laughs> like that's the confidence that he plays with, and he's like your lone bright spot. Like I mean, Kevin O'Banner had a nice twenty-five ten game. That's kind of like what you expect from him. Um, he had a lot of you know, shooting struggles, but figured it out. Like I'm going to get do work inside. So that was nice to see, but yeah, pop's been the bright spot in these last two games that have been really, you're struggling to figure out what, what bright spots to take away, but he's been fun to watch. And you've got some improvement from Lamar Washington. Who's seen some, his minutes kind of increase um, as he's been playing. Yeah, he really have. 
he's been playing good defense and he like actually makes some nice plays on offense. He he makes some he nice passes. Yeah. Well. And he's got good size. So And somehow like he gets he gets in on offensive rebounds really well. Yeah. As you know, he gets a lot of work there. And he had a couple of nice steel breakaway dunks. So like mm-hmm. you'll you'll take those minutes. He's giving you more than some of your veteran players on this team who are sitting the bench during that whole game. I mean, we've seen, you know, Mark Adams slash the previous coaches teams always improve from November, December to February and March. So there's still that hope yeah. that there can be lots of improvements still, but then we're really young. But also you might just be Buckle up your seatbelts because it's going to be a bumpy ride for a while. Yeah, what like panic meter one to ten? Where are you at? What what where are you at on that panic meter? Mm, how we played, Bacho hurt, Vardoz is out. I mean, I'm only I'm only lingering at like a five still. But I'm being conservative. I'm pretty sure from most of the fan base. I would I mean, say I, I, I know I know where the panic button is in my house. Basically, <laughs> yeah, I'm at like seven. I think I. Oh, so you've gotten it out of the drawer in the house? Yeah, I'm. I'm ready to. I'm ready to. I'm getting close to to hitting it. It just this isn't good basketball. There's not help nope. on the way. You're not staying healthy. You know, you keep having sprained ankle injuries that that aren't good um, practice some of your main guys that you thought were going to be factories aren't and so there's you know i don't really know where the help is unless pop isaacs really just becomes like amazing um because you're not going to see improvement from fisher in two minutes of, uh, if he only gets two minutes a game um maybe lamar takes another step that helps but uh davion Harmon is what he is i think like i don't think you're going to see oh, yeah. much improvement on that end um you know, O'Banner is what it is. Like he is what he is. You you know, like you're going to get some of these awesome performances from him, and you know sometimes he's not. Um, you know, and Bacho really is the X factor. Can he carry this team on his back um, and, and not get injured? And like, yeah, I don't so, know, man. And so I I don't know. There's just a lot of things going on right now. Um, you know, if Bacho was healthy, I think my panic meter would be a little bit lower. But you know our luck with big guys and feet injuries just hasn't been great lately. So, nope. so yeah, panic meter a little higher for me than it is for Dustin. Um, let us know where y'all's panic meters are at. I know some people on Twitter are at a full 10. I know some people are trying to act like they're uh, low on the panic meter. Uh, quit lying to us. Uh, we know that deep down on the inside, you're panicking a little bit. Like you can't be watching these last two games. And just be like, yep, we're good. It's all, it's all going to work out. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. But coming up, uh, Texas Tech heads to Houston this week to take on Jackson State. Like, what the hell is this? Why are we playing Jackson State in Houston? It's some HBCU something. I don't know. Okay. So it's for like, <clears throat> I just like. Basically like a round robin HBCU versus D1 okay. type thing. So this happens like every year. This isn't just like we can only schedule Jackson State if we play them in uh, Houston or something like that. Like last year you played Incarnate Word at like a random ass place. 
Um, so yeah, Jackson State and Houston on Saturday. Houston Christian versus Texas Tech uh, the following formerly week. Formerly Houston Baptist. Yeah, for, formerly Houston Baptist. If that sounded weird to you, that would be why. Uh, that will be on the 21st, uh, which is the following Wednesday. So uh, those games are around the corner. We'll probably maybe post an episode in between with that game being on a Wednesday. So you'll probably hear us from us before a Houston Christian game as next week is uh, Christmas and the holiday week. So um, anything else you wanted to touch on basketball wise here, Dustin? No, nah, man. Buckle up guys. Just buckle up. Yeah. Buckle up. And, and maybe Mark Adams can write the ship. We're not writing that off. Like I still, I still do believe in Mark Adams and, but you know, there is some concerning stuff with the coaching staff that we've been hearing some rumors here and there. So we'll see, we'll see what they can do. If Mark Adams is, a genius he'll be able to turn this team into a winning basketball team and we'll all be fine and we'll be laughing and looking at this as a complete overreaction i would love that um but that's all we've got for us this week a little dive into texas tech basketball and uh some unfortunate news there but uh before we get out of here this week uh dustin do you have a final shot for us now let's get into yours and discuss yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, uh, a big final shot coming from us this week. As most of you are aware, uh, former Texas Tech head coach Chris Beard was arrested. This was Sunday, early Sunday night, Monday morning-ish. Saturday night or Sunday morning, however you want to put it. One o'clock, uh, two o'clock uh, in the morning was arrested on a domestic uh, assault uh, charge. Uh, his uh, fiance was the one who reported him. And so this is a tricky topic to talk about. I think especially tricky when you take in the fact that we are Texas Tech mm-hmm. fans and we do not like Chris Beard, as we all well know how he left us and we do not uh, support him or whatever. But um, Dustin, you're just like quick thoughts on don't want to touch too much on it because obviously the domestic violence part is not great. Um, I mean, he's looks like I'm just kind of scrolling through the latest stuff. Looks like he's gonna try to fight it almost, and maybe Texas might try to keep him, but I don't know how big time University of Texas can keep keep a guy like this, you know, in today's day and age. I know it sounds bad, but yeah. Like, you see, you could kind of sweep this under the rug and not let it get public, but it was literally public within hours. <laughs> and like, I don't know how you let him go yeah. into, you know, a recruit's home and say, you know, <clears throat> make this guy a man and tell his mom that. And, you know, I just don't know how it's salvageable on his end and their end. Yeah, I, I think that's the the part for me is, is you know, this was awful. This was an awful story. Definitely. You know, this was not something that you read and, and made you feel good. The affidavit came out was made me cringe reading mm-hmm. it, um, made me cringe knowing what uh, she went through um, with that. And then, yeah, it would just be really hard to have a guy like that lead, be supposed to be a leader for young men and supposed to be someone that they look up to. Um, and sure, college sports has changed definitely far, far, far away from that. So it's not going to shock me if Texas does decide to not part ways with him. But yep. it just feels like this is the end of the road. And it's a uh, it's it's it is sad. I wanted him to go out losing, you know, by by losing. 
um, and uh, kind of going out that way. And this is tough because people's lives are affected uh, by this. This it was not easy to read that story, and you can only hope that everyone involved is doing okay. Obviously, think about that, but it is a situation to monitor. He, Texas took their time suspending him for that game that they had that night. Um, so remains to be seen what's going to happen for him, but he is suspended right now. Um, and so as that story kind of develops, we'll obviously discuss whatever ends up being the final verdict on this. But a uh, scary situation, a weird situation, one that you didn't expect to wake up and see on Monday morning, but one nonetheless that uh, has a lot of effect on Texas Tech Nation and, and uh, as a former coach here. So, um, you know, obviously you have to monitor that, but obviously, you know, it's a tricky subject and tricky thing to talk about. So uh, sobering end, I guess, to <laughs> this show, which started off uh, on a sad note uh, as well. Uh, weird week for Texas Tech sports. Uh, lots of odd news, strange news, sad news, um, bummer news. So hopefully there are better times ahead for us here uh, as the holidays approach. Hopefully some better news, better tweets, all of that coming our way. Uh, Dustin, any last things you got for us this week? No, nah, man. I think we covered a lot. And yeah, touched on just about everything worth worth talking about this week um we will be back next week to prep for or what talk a little bit more texas tech basketball maybe some more texas tech football news who knows uh who knows what will happen from now till then but uh, as always you got to follow us on apple and spotify to catch everything we're doing here at tailgate talks um, we uh, write us those reviews give us those five star ratings five stars for the tailgate Follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at Telgate underscore talks. Give us a follow there and on Facebook and Instagram. And also give that YouTube channel a follow where we'll posting clips from each week's episode. So if you can't catch the full thing, you can catch some clips there. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed our Mike Leach discussion. As always, we will catch y'all at the next Telgate.